What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. What's going on, man? Man, you got it wrong. How you doing, man? Man, I'm good, dog. I'm good, man. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the welcome to the platform, man. Appreciate you for having me, bro. Man, uh, a lot of people don't know me and Greg go all the way back to elementary. Like my dad, you know, you know, my daddy uh, uh, dropped me off at his house, or we'll go to Chuck E. Cheese together. And now we full grown man. Yeah, now we fathers. Yeah, yeah, right. We're kids. Taking yeah. them to Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, sir. But uh man, Greg, let's get straight into it, man. So just you know, to tell people who you are, you know what I'm saying, where you from, what you do. I'm comedian chef Greg, you know what I'm saying? Born and raised here in Nashville. Shout out to South Nashville, JC UC, you feel me? Um, where I was born and raised. Um, but now, man, I'm a chef, I'm a comedian, uh, I'm a business owner, uh serial entrepreneur is what I call myself. Because one thing, you know, with the chef business, Thompson Family Catering led to Thompson Family Logistics and Holland led to Extraordinary Brotique. Um, so Extraordinary Gentleman Brotique, it led to so many different things. So that's who I am, man. Serial entrepreneur, father, you know what I'm saying? Father of six. So I'm out here. Six kids, six businesses. <laughs> A business for each child support chick. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, when you go on, each kid got a business they can take over. Yeah, so it, you know it's funny you mentioned that. Like uh, my oldest is twelve, Caleb. You know, shout out Caleb, and he's a junior chef, so he's already like put his claim in for Thompson Family Catering. Mm -hmm. And then like my uh, middle girl, Leah. Leah has Leah's Lemonade, so she has vegan lemonade. Um, she's got her own business already. That's separate uh, of what I do. Um, Damn, they got it's a it's a vegan lemonade with it. So yeah, she's six years old. She was diabetic, okay. right? Leah was diabetic, and it was basically it, it was type two. So I think we know type two is based off your diet and things like that, and that can control that. And so what I realized as a father, present father, is that she drinks a lot of sodas and stuff like that. So let's eliminate that stuff. And um, so she's watching me cook, though, right? She's watching me be an entrepreneur and chef. And, and so she goes to the grocery store with me one day, and she like, Dad, I want to buy some lemons. I want to do lemonade. And I'm like, all right. You know, it ain't no harm in that. It ain't a, a high-cost thing, man. And so we do it, and I'm like, dang, I can't use regular sugar. I got to use, like, raw sugar or something like that. So I didn't like raw. Raw didn't taste, like, right for for lemonade. So I did some more research and came came to another vegan sugar, and we did it, and it was fire. You know what I'm saying? So we put some bottles, put it in some bottles. First, we started selling cups of lemonade at different pop-up shops and stuff like that in conjunction with my catering company, and people were really loving it. You know, so then we started bottling it. She's been in stores in Antioch, you know, just to try it out. And been bought out in an hour, They're like crazy stuff. So, you know, she's a junior entrepreneur. Hey, man, next time you come through, bring some lemonade. Bring some lemonade. <laughs> yeah, deep, deep this conversation, yeah. lemonade edition. Come on now, I hey. bring Leah too. Cause hey. she, yeah, bring, yeah, bring, yeah, yeah, she dope. She can talk to her business. That's one of the things I try to teach them. Yeah, and so man, uh, let's get straight into it, dog. Gotcha. And so, growing up, JCUC. Originally from Nashville, mm -hmm. we unicorns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we unicorns, you know. There's only a few left. Yeah, man. Um, 
how has white supremacy or racism um, affected your upbringing personally uh, for yourself and what you've seen just around your community growing up here? So, man, like, man, white privilege is real. We, you know, we like to think that it's not, you know what I'm saying? But growing up in South Nashville, and like, I lived near the projects, but not in the projects, but I always went in, you know what I'm saying? You just gravitate to, to that area or whatever. Um, but you know me, like, we grew up, we went to school together. I would say where I saw, like, white supremacy happen in my life, you like, I went to Martin Luther King, like, you know, after we went to elementary school, then we kind of branched off because I went to magnet school. You went to some magnet school. Yeah, but I was too. out north, though. Exactly. So, yeah. Where'd you go to magnet school? I went to Head. Okay, I went to Head, right? So right. after Head, I, I got in the lottery and I got into Martin Luther King. Okay. Right? And so I don't, I, it's funny how we got here deep dish conversations, but like, no lie. And, and Martin Luther King, which is a rare thing, right, to get in. Um, I'm an athlete, and I'm wrestling, and I break my ankle. And the next year I come back to school, first first or second weekend school, they call me to the office. I'm like, damn, what? I, you know, I ain't do nothing. You know, you know me as a kid, like, I wasn't a troublemaker. I didn't do none of that. So that's not how my mama raised me, you know what I'm saying? So um, I'm like, damn, I – I remember I caught the bus to school. That's why I was like crazy coming down here today. Cause like some of the same streets is the same streets I walked as a kid, like as a responsible kid, it's crazy. But um, so man, they come to the office and long story short, a white girl accused me of touching her the the year before. Like, and because she could write it out. Keep in mind, you know, you went to head magnet. We've been writing five paragraph essays since we was what, 12 years old, 11 years old, where they taught us English and structure, right? right? And how to articulate and write stuff down. Come on, man. So it was like, okay, she wrote a book. Okay, that's what we do. Right. So I, went, I wrote my book. <laughs> that's what we do, right? right? And it wasn't the same. The white book won. Bro, I ended up getting kicked out of school and everything, like, just like that. My mom couldn't even get to the school quick enough for them to send me to Jerry Baxter alternative off of Gallison Road. Wow. No lie. Like, keep in mind, I didn't want presidential awards for uh, when – I think George Bush was the president uh, when I won this award. And so I, I'm like, I done done all these things and it's gone, just like that. It's just an accusation. So how did that – like that one incident, right? Yeah. How did that one incident you think affected kind of the residual effects of that going forward? So I can tell you, like literally that day, like within days later, as the process plays out, right? Um, I'm going to court, and one thing my mom always taught me: take responsibility for your actions. Whether and your actions come with benefits or they come with consequences, mm-hmm. right? And so I always measured that, and anything I've done, because she, ta- I mean, that's just it's embedded, right? And in this particular case, we go to court and everything. And uh, I remember going down to the courthouse, the adult courthouse, and they interview me and my mom. And one of the things that the detective is trying to get me to plea, right? He's like, I can't help you unless you help me. And I'm like, well, the only way I can help you is to tell you the truth, right? This is the truth. I don't know this girl. I ain't never done this. You know what I'm saying? Um, Look at how long she wrote a story. And I know it's on a handful of black people at the school. But I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? The project's right across the street. Maybe somebody from the projects came to school. Right. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So I remember sitting there like we sitting here, and our detective stick his head in the room, and he like, I got the tape. And this is me. I'm like, yeah, I know I didn't do it. Like, 
when you do something, it's only you and God that know ultimately, right? So I'm like, between me and him, I know I didn't do this. So if you saying you got a tape, it's going to show my mama that it ain't me. Right. So they take my mom out to see the tape, and he's trying to get me to plea while I'm, like, just admit guilt. And I'm like, nah. My mom come back, and I'm like, cool, we good. Because she gone. But she was stoic. She was she was shut down. And uh, we got back to the house, and, and I, I kept asking, like, what, did they show you the tape? Did they show you? And she, nah, they didn't, long story short. They just made her feel bad to come home to try to impress upon me to plead guilty, which ultimately she did. And it wasn't her fault. I don't blame my mom. I don't want anybody to think that I blame my mom in that because I remember the DA telling me something. I had to make the decision, ultimately. I had to sign the paperwork, ultimately. Um, and I remember the DA saying something. She was like, if this white girl go to court and you, 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 she, you know what I'm saying? Right. And this is what's said. This is the allegation. Right. They're going to find you guilty, more than likely. And the judge gets to determine what your length of sentence is. Then what she said wrong. I'm 13. She said he can lock you up to you can stay stay custody till you're 21. Math is one of my favorite subjects. This <laughs> is what I did. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Once I got over to the second hand, I knew I was out. But right. we're gonna go 17, 18, 19, 20. That's 10, 10 years. 19 years. 10 years of your life gone. But something you didn't do. Nah, I can't. So what it look like if I plead? She say, you're going to have to uh, be on probation. You got to go to classes at Vanderbilt. And uh, and that's it, right? But you got to plead guilty. Like, I'm like, this is crazy. But I had to do it. Right. And I was at, and you like, this conversation about white supremacy and white power, like, and just the power that they have in that moment. Like, that's how... She, that was power. Right. It was the power of the other color against me that led to that. Bro, I had two offers from colleges at this time. Two letters from colleges. The U had sent me a letter. Oral Roberts University had sent me a letter this same summer. Wow. That they were looking at me. I hadn't even done nothing but wrestle and break my ankle while wrestling. I hadn't even played football yet. I was gonna go play for Pearl because head me Martin Luther King doesn't yeah, have a football team now, and they and who do they go play at? They go Pearl. play at Pearl because mm-hmm. it's right down the street. But Martin Luther King had a basketball program, and Doc Shelton, the great Doc Shelton, was the coach. I was getting ready to ball. I'm like, man, this is it. I'm coming into the prime of me as a young black man. You know what I'm saying? That's how I look at it. Right. And then that is cut. It's morphed. That was at that point that I succumbed to some of the things that we 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 fall into as a black a black man. I began to smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no other outlets. Right. At that point, there's nothing else. Did community wise, was there anything in your community at the time that you felt like, okay, I can I can go talk to somebody, or was there anybody available that could have helped you navigate? Okay, I, I think that my mom. What I found out in that was my mom had went through that mm-hmm. that uh, situation, right? And because no, in our in our community, there's not. Right. It 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 was a trigger, as we like to use that word. Thanks to Janae Aiko. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was a trigger, and she shut down. 
mm. right? And she couldn't give me what she didn't have. And really nobody could in that moment, bro. I was out on the island, to be honest. I just had to go through that. And and, and that's where my faith is. Well, that's why my faith is so strong. Because in those moments when I, as I matured, I realized that a lot of times, sometimes your spirituality is all you have. Your relationship with Christ is really, or whoever you're, you know what I'm saying? That's all you got. Right. You know what I'm saying? Them dark, deep moments. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. So, at this point now, or even through that journey, what have been some of the ways that you've tried to confront or combat racism or white supremacy? Man, being an entrepreneur and being a leader, right? Like, it's about how you respond. I think that's what we've learned in this way. You respond, but it's about how you respond. You know what I'm saying? We used to being being young. Sometimes I think we try to respond like with the with the rah rah rah. And you got to know how to fight legally. What what the laws are about how you can respond and things like that. Um, because to be honest, they playing by the rule. They playing by these laws. And stuff too. They subject to them just like we are now. I know it's not always fair. We see that, but if you play along them lines, you 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 got to. You got to, and that's why it's important that we continue to educate the next generation behind us. That's why I love coaching. You know what I'm saying? Because I get to instill leadership, confidence, speak up for yourself. I coach five and six shows, but. And every program I'm in, I have access to kids as old as 12, 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. So what I do with that is everything that I went through and I learned as an athlete, as a young black man, um, as a single, as a kid in a single-parent household with no father, you know, I learned how to support them and how I wasn't supported. And everything that I went through, like, I still found success. I persevered. Thank you, God. You know what I'm saying? So I teach them that. I coach basketball. We had our first practice Tuesday. And as I'm teaching them basketball, I end with prayer. You know what I'm saying? And that's just it. Faith. But we know faith without works is dead, period. So that's when you talk about what are we doing in our communities? Are we serving our people? Are we giving back? You know, I got a food company, a, a, a catering company. Am I feeding the homeless? Am I feeding the people? You know, or or am I just taking the easy route out and giving that guy I know at the gas station who got a drug problem, just giving him cash? That's not helping him. Right. I should probably feed him, give him what he need, because he gonna buy what he want and his wants is not. You see what I'm saying? It's right. it's right. Like so, when I see him, I just encourage him. That was one thing I always do with anybody. That's my walk. Just encourage him, let them know, like. Man, figure out what your purpose in life is. Right. Don't just be out here living and walking and just working for anybody. And do, you'll find that people will use that mm-hmm. until you know where you, till you get a vision. You know what I'm saying? You'll just be subject to people to to helping people realize their visions. Right. Man, I truly believe like. We all affected white people, brown people, black people, yellow people, green yeah. people. We yeah. all affected by. White supremacy and yeah. racism on different levels, of course, yeah. as we know. Um, but it all it, it affects us all in our, in our own personal way, in our own personal journey. You know, we grew up in similar, you know what I'm saying, similar areas, you know what I'm saying, similar backgrounds or whatnot. Um, hence, that's why we was kicking it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, from your point of view, man, from your perspective, 
what could the community in South Nashville, where you grew up at the time, what could they have done to possibly prepare prepare you, your mama, and others to navigate and confront the racism, white supremacy um, that was to come? Man, um, like just having the conversations. I think the forums, the like, the platform, like people being more mindful of their platform and using it for that to have to spark those conversations and spark the change. Right. Like growing up, we, we that wasn't our focus. Right. You know, it's crazy that it's gotten to this point, and now we got to have a mass focus, right? Um, so I would just say it, it was it was out of sight, out of mind then, and 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 it's a conversation that's it can get emotional, it can get hurtful you know it brings up all of that and so people shy away from that because of that um we should talk more about it that's why we got deep dish conversations because (laughs) just that what you're saying is it is uncomfortable it is tense but you know it could it could potentially save your life it could potentially help you learn how to navigate a situation that you're dependent with and even in in as parents now we know okay I know what to talk to my sons and my and my daughters about, like when it comes to dealing with and navigating this racist white supremacy country that we did. That yeah. We work and you know what I'm saying. We just when we was growing up, we just went. You know what I'm saying. We just lived, and then yeah. when we encountered something, because of the lack of knowledge that our parents had or navigated, we had to either you know plea out or you right. Know, we just we just gotta you gotta take it to the chin. Right. But taking it to the chin could lead to. Scholarships being gone. Yes. Being in a in a in a in a worse school environment where you don't have the same resources. Right. Um, like alternative school. And yeah. then you you put around, you know what I'm saying, more wolves and lions. So you gotta really you gotta become more of that. Yes. And so and we don't we don't realize it then, we just adapting, but we don't see the residual effect until we get older and say, Man, what if that one situation, what if you would have been able to say it, MLK? Just imagine. Hey, that made me think though. Like back to the last question. If I had, like, I think about that. I've thought about that. That what if I had have been able to realize everything that was I was on the path to do? I don't know. I think I, I would be great still. Right. I, I I would just be farther along. Right. But I mean, it wasn't. The, it wasn't what was supposed to happen. I ain't tripping. It it gave me so much knowledge to be able to serve my people right. that I can't trip. Question for you. If your son was in your position that you was in, I just support him, bro. That's it. You know, having me. My mom didn't give me a lawyer. She she left. You know what I'm saying? Like I had a public defender. They work for the state. They get paid by the state. These are the things I wouldn't do. Right. I get on my mom about like we talk about. She hate having this conversation today. She won't come to my comedy show because she don't know if I will make a joke about it or not because it don't hurt me no more. Right. So I will make a joke about it. Right. Because it's just my testimony. So your son in your situation you was in in the eighth eighth Caleb grade, twelve. It can happen right now. If Caleb was in your situation that you was in today, you telling him don't plea. We fighting it. We fighting it. Let's get a lawyer. Off top. Did you do it? Like, hold on. Come on, bro. Right. I ain't gonna love you no less. Right. Period. Right. This was the same conversation my mama had with right. me. Ten years on the line. Yeah, what, what my mom should have done, though, is look me in my eyes and see that I'm being sincere and hold me up. Right. Period. White people do it and they know their kids be guilty. Right. They put the money up in anything. Right. 
we do it when we're getting drug deals and cases and stuff like that. Do you think your mama had the money? Get what I told her. You had child support coming in, yeah. <laughs> you should have made a deal or something. You, feel me? you should have got my daddy or something. You know what I'm saying? Big George would have took, took care of it. Shout out to Big George, you feel me? R.I.P. Daddy, you feel me? <laughs> you feel me? Because And I say that because my dad was silent. When he found out about it, my mom quit. I remember my mom, I went to foster care after that. I was cool. I was still with my mama after that, right? I'm going to the classes and stuff. But I'm hot. Now I got no respect for you. You, cause you, 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 I lost everything. Really, cause you ain't have my back, and it's just me and you. Right. Well, ain't nobody else supposed to have my back like my mama. That what that's uh, what they say in the black family. Ain't nobody gonna be there like your mama. And then she dropped. She dropped it. So when she dropped it, I remember like being mad. I start smoking. I start like listening to her. If the curf, I had a curfew. Because the probation, now I'm on probation. Bruh, I was so mad because the per- curfew wouldn't allow me to go to basketball practice. Like, I couldn't even be an athlete. Right. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm finna, I'm finna be a hood nigga. I can't be a scholar no more. I gotta be a hood nigga. Look, I was gonna be a blood and everything. Get what, the blood, get what he told me. He said, Greg, you, you dope, you hard. Whatever you do, you gonna do to the fullest your potential. But you are a who, what, when, why, and where type of guy. I'm like, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to get the job done. Is what I heard you say. What you need me to do? Where we going? <laughs> right. <laughs> he was like, but look, they don't do all that, and they get the job done. He, long story short, and man, I, I love OG Line for this. He locked up right now. Mm-hmm. I love him for this because mm-hmm. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't put me down. And the next day, he they went to jail. Every blood made front yeah. page uh-huh. Tennessee. Uh-huh. You know this. Everybody know that. I would have been on the front him. page, too, if I had a bit as willing as I was that night. Right, you see what I'm saying? So it's, that, there, there are people in our community. There are the fridges. There yeah. are the Lonnies. There are the because Lonnie coming home one day. He gonna do what Fridge doing? You feel me? Like there are people in our communities holding it down and like sure. giving giving people hope right. that you can change and and no no it's crazy what I'm getting from your whole story though, and I hope everybody watching this and listening is getting it that. You know, racism, discrimination, white supremacy, systemic racism altered so many facets of your life. Mm. Your relationship with your mama, school, sports, all because it wasn't no other way for you to navigate out of the situation of, like, systemic racism and white supremacy. And you had to find another way, but... Alone that you had to hit your hit your head hard. Yeah, and almost because you know what I'm saying it could have cost you even more time than ten years. Yeah, right. Yeah, damn. Like and then even like going to college, and I work. I, I had a, I have an IT degree. I worked in corporate America from twenty one to thirty. I'm thirty one. Thirty one. Yeah, twenty one to twenty to about twenty eight. I got out of IT because of racism. Like literally, because of a black man can't possibly be work remote and be and support the executive staff. Why can't I? I'm doing. I can show you how to get the open a MacBook out of the box and get it ready and do your job. I can do that remotely. I can do an iPhone like that, an iPad like that. I can ship all of that stuff out and not be in the office. 
but they didn't want that because I can't see you. You know, I'm not not in control. Wow. So like they let me go, not because I'm not getting the job done, but like you can get the job done too well from uh, your way. Like it's a remote position though, right? Yeah. And that's why I think um, one of the ways to combat and confront white supremacy as a black person in the United States is owning your own business, man. Amen. Because it's the data's out there, the facts out there, but the microaggressions, the 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 covert, um, overt racism, all that is it's like crazy. you got to you gonna have to deal with it, and you'll have to either conform. Be be lesser than yourself, yeah. And or you have to, you know, what I'm saying, not do that and end up either getting fired, yeah. Uh, you have to resign, quit, and just do your own thing. I had a guy text me today because I own a trucking company and all these things, and he's a truck driving instructor at a prominent school, four grand a month, easy. I know this guy makes. He like I'm lo- I'm quitting my job. He texted me this today, wrong. I'm like, wow, I funnel my drive. You funnel drivers to me, and I send people who want to get their CDLs to him. Um, he said, man, it's, it's a guy here, he racist, and I just can't take it. Four grand a month, five grand, a, it ain't enough to take care of. You know what I'm saying? To deal with that every day. And what's crazy, a lot of us, many of us, have that ultimatum or come across that ultimatum mm-hmm. because many of us don't come from affluent families or generational wealth or any kind of we need that job. Background. We need that job. We did so we have to we I mean, so we all have a choice. But when you compound that with I gotta, gotta eat, eat I gotta feed my kids. Yeah, I gotta eat I gotta, that. Every I gotta day. take care of my gal yeah. as a man or you know, or whatever it may yeah. be. It's like, man, I gotta And that's why women especially, now, especially, so. especially if you don't have the support to be able to come home and vent that. And maybe uh, yeah. your maybe your woman or maybe your family's like, ah, you right, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, we're we, supposed to just be, we're supposed we, to just take that. Right. We can't uh, you right, but what you gonna do? Right. Because I can't I I'm not gonna be able to, I got my own situation. Right. And so you really gotta just take it, which is unfortunate, but and, and, and it, it is you what don't. it is. That's what I tell people. Start your own business. The, Tom, the Thompson Family Catering started as another name. It was cause while I was working at IT, my cousin was a chef in Franklin mm-hmm. at the Hearth. And he going out there. We carpooling. Because, mm-hmm. man, we, we live in Nashville. We driving all the way to Franklin. So, it ain't, like, let's carpool. Save money. And I remember him dropping me off, and then he go to work. And when he came back and picked me up that day, I'm talking about a strong black man is at the at, period. Bro, he, he, he was countenance was off. And I'm like, bro, what's wrong with you? He, that day, while serving lunch, two white ladies came down the line. And they looked at each other and said, any, many, mighty, mo. Catch a nigga by the toe. And if he holler, don't let him go, hang that nigga. He had to still serve them people. He was he looked like that because in his mind, they did not deserve to eat the food that he had spent hours preparing. And they didn't. Them people should have had to eat something else. Wow. I ain't saying they should have ate shit, but they should have ate something. They shouldn't wow. have been able to allow to eat that chef's food right. and disrespect him like that. But because he was employed there, he needed that check to take care of his son, he had to eat that. But it messed him up. Yeah. 
And it messed me up it's to messing see me him up. Mess yeah, it's up. messing me up just listening to that. So I said, hey, no, no. I said, so you in a job where you make, the, 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 what we make is way different, right? I'm college educated. He's a laborer. I said, no, I got money. Right, let's, let's start a business. Because you can't keep doing, I know you can't quit tomorrow, but we got to start something. And out of that, M&T's exit, catering was birthed. Exit strategy. Exit strategy. I need one, too, because I'm, I'm at the office with the white folks. Right. And I'm going through the same thing. Right. Only difference was, ain't no difference, to right. be honest. It's right. just, look, I'm look, in a suit. Yeah. You in an apron. And I, and, and I hope um, the non-people of color who yeah. are watching and listening to this, like reflect on reflect on this one. You at work? Why are you looking at your um, black colleagues? Just try to just try to notice some of the stuff that is happening that you probably never noticed before because you never thought to notice it. But just reflect on it and and, and do that for a month and, and see what you come out with. Man, I be I, I'm trying to get the Nashville comedians, the white Nashville comedians, to do that because mm. it's so hard, man. Being a black comedian in Nashville. Well, it's dominated dominated by whites, man. Dog, it's trash. It's trash, bro. That's why I started hosting shows in my first year of doing comedy, because I got tired of that. Like you're not, I'm not that guy. You're right. not choking me out. Right. I'm not. So I put my money up rather than go and do something. And then you charging people to get in here, and you shouldn't even get to hear my my jokes. Right. <laughs> Right. I don't care how good or not good they are. Right. So I just go rent a venue out and tell the black guy, hey, I invite everybody. Right. But we know they're not going to come. Right. They come like some. But what happens is they can't control the energy. Right. When we own something, we control the energy. Um, at that point, then if somebody come with the bad, you have the right to refuse service. Right. That's the beautiful thing I love about my business. I had a lady come in my first year. We were selling hot dogs. She talked so crazy to me, only buying two hot dogs. Then I told her, how you doing? We're going to serve you. Here go you two hot dogs. The next time you come, if you ever disrespect me like this, you will not eat two hot dogs. You won't eat anything that I'm selling. I'm not going to serve you. Because for $4, you is not about to cuss me out and call me everything but a child of God. Just like that's just how her comp, that's just how she talks. Right. Like, nah. So that's why I tell people you want power, but with power come great responsibility. Right. So you're going to have to make sure you're doing taxes. You're going to have to make sure you got a business license. You're going to have to make sure that all these things that having a business entails, you do. I got one more question for you. But just before I ask this question, you coming back, and I want to hear more about the community of comedy in that whole <laughs> melting pot of just like being like yeah. integrated in, in, in white supremacy and racism itself. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not in it like me. I'm not in I just see it. I'm yeah. thinking everybody, you know, you know what I'm saying, having yeah. a good time. But I want to bring you back to talk about that. I got you. Um That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I want to Yeah, I wanna bring you back. Because you <laughs> hey, we need to we need to talk about it, but we also not to. talk about it to to bash anybody per se, but no. talk about it to learn and grow to see how we can improve. Yes. 
because the people that is, they may be doing it, they may be doing it intentionally, but they, or they might be doing it unintentionally. Do what I say. If somebody and doing anything mm-hmm. is on time, mm-hmm. they look good, and they prepared, there should be no excuse we don't give this person opportunity in a timely fashion. If you, if your paperwork right, right, your appearance is right, right. Come on, man. It don't matter what color you are. No. No. Right. So like last other night when we went to comedy and me me and a white comedian, but he my black guy. You know, you know how you got that that John B. <laughs> He's my John B. And man, we got pushed to the end of the show. John B didn't even get to perform. He went behind that like that's the, the choke out. Mm. And even he as a as a mixed man, you feel me? He really is mixed though. He was like, bro, nah, I ain't going for it. Let's go. Hmm. And I'm like, man, let's go. Because, right. I, like, if if you, like, it ain't right. Right. Last, well, yeah, man, last question before gotcha. I let you go, man. Um, can we overcome white supremacy and all racism in the United States? Yes. How, how we do that? Yeah, improve yourself in all ways. Get your, get your, get your. If you're a, a young black man, don't get in a whole bunch of babies. Don't get in the child support system. Don't get your degree, or get your business, get your trade. All those things that they taught us back. You know, right. granddaddy and, right. and daddy taught us. You know what I'm saying? Right. Figure out what your passion is, and pursue that. This will avoid you getting in all kind of other stuff with your idle time. Right. We can overcome. Like, if I've overcome, I tell people, anybody can overcome. I'm not special. Right. We all special. Right. You did it. We came from the same place. Right, facts. I went through all of that, and we still here in the same space. Right, facts. Nah. That goes to prove anybody can do it. Right. You can come from anything. I see felons reinvent themselves all day long. Right. You know what I'm saying? As a black man, black woman, we are the strongest, most resilient people we know. Brown people are. Mm. I ain't even going to lie. Right. Because you have to, you work against so many disadvantages so, many, so much that you have to be. Right. So as we work on our appearance, our how we present ourselves, pulling the emotion out of when we talk to people and when we do business, it's gonna it's gonna result in success. You think that you think that combats white supremacy though? Or is that something that would always exist in this country, but we can figure out better ways to to navigate it and not have to conform? When you do that, you can navigate it and not have to conform. Okay. Put you take take the power. Like, but if you remove, a lot of times we we put we put ourselves in a position where we have no power because we've messed our background up or we've, you know what I'm saying? You got to stay clean, right? And you got to be positive. A positive attitude will change anything, I believe. But what if it's hard to do that, like a situation where, like you was in? You ain't do I nothing stay, wrong. Nah, but and I stayed positive. So, you stayed and positive. And I kept looking for a solution. You stayed positive. Even though when the system want to paint you dirty, even yeah. though you clean, stay positive. Stay positive. It's something to learn in every situation. So I just right. stayed I was mad for a while. Like, I took, I ain't saying, right. like, just don't have no emotion. And, right. yeah, I, no, I had a real response. Right. It was negative at first. But at some point, 
I realized, and it was about 17. I'm getting ready to turn 18, right? And I realized, like, the, like I'm about to really be held accountable. Like, it ain't going to matter if I got ADHD. It ain't going to matter. Right. None of it's going to matter because <laughs> I'm an adult now. I'm right. going to be held to an adult. Right. Literally, just the thought I had in my head, and I made a decision to stop taking ADHD medicine and be more mindful of my actions. Right. Cause I'm gonna be, cause I'm gonna be held accountable. Right. Period. Hey, Greg, man, I appreciate it, dog. Appreciate we bring you, you back so we can dive into more of the just the the life as a black comedian in Nashville, yeah. and how white racism and white supremacy plays a plays a role in that, plays a part in that, and uh, and just what the hell is going on? Let's do it, bro. Appreciate it, fam. Appreciate you, bro. All right.